Yeah. It's that time again, folks. Welcome back to the Lightning Rod. The show that has a lot of free time on its hands now because there's no hockey to watch. And that's a good thing. I'm Johnny Pipes. We remain big brother. That is Gannon, by the way. I had completely cut off the first 10 seconds of him talking. <laughs> Come on, button pusher. Yeah, I know. And there's a big red button staring at me, too. That's Gannon. I'm Johnny Pipes. Let's get this thing rolling. Claude Giroux. What's up? Yeah, Claude, is it, like, disappointing. You're out. How does that feel? <laughs> feels terrible. <laughs> yes, indeed it does. I bet it does. But at least you got a lap dance out of it. And that's all that really matters here. Check your sources, folks. This is the Lightning Rod for Wednesday, May 25th, the victorious edition. Uh, I am Johnny Pipes. That's Gannon. And we are here to talk to you about the Tampa Bay Lightning and their amazing sweep of the Florida Panthers. One that was a, a little unexpected, to be honest. But uh, an unexpected surprise, but a welcome one. And you can welcome us with a surprise by uh, sending us a voicemail. We'll read it on the show or listen to it on the show. Leave us a voicemail, 727-416-0613. You can uh, email us at thelightningrod1 at protonmail.com. That's the uh, number one. And uh, you can hit us up on Twitter at lightningrodpod. And since I'm going to put Gannon on the spot, we're going to have an Instagram here soon too. Now he <laughs> Now he can't get out of it. Because it is officially recorded. It's been etched in stone. It's, that is correct. Uh, so, yeah, here we are a couple days off from hockey. And uh looks to be like we're going to be off uh, at least until next week uh, to heal the the broken bones, the busted hips, the, the crazy bruises from the absolute Congo line to and from the locker room from the Tampa Bay block party. And uh, meanwhile, we get to watch the uh, the Cangers. Um, just go back and forth and back and forth. So, uh, what do you think, man? Are you what kind of mood are you in? I uh, I miss hockey for sure. You know, I wanted a sweep. Obviously, who doesn't? But when you're you know you go about a week without NHL playoffs, it it takes a lot out of you, man. You got to start watching. Yeah, the Cangers and the Oilers, and I want some Lightning hockey. But again, you know, I'm grateful that we have the time that we can get everybody back you know, into shape, hopefully Braden Point's ready to go for the next series, even though we strangely did better without him. It was, um, uh, I'm feeling pretty good. You know, I'm, I'm uh, still feeling pretty good about, you know, hunting for that elusive third cup. I'm uh, optimistic. And I think, you know, if we could, I think we got two of our hardest teams out of the way, uh, d- despite what the effort the Panthers gave us. I'd say that they were a top three team in these playoffs. And, uh, yeah, I'm just happy to have those two hard ones out of the way. I'm lumping Toronto in there, too. It's weird that I feel like it has gotten a little easier. Like, after like, Toronto was incredibly hard, obviously they went seven games. Uh, they were getting their – it took them seven games to get their game face on, and they did. Uh, and then, you know, oh, here comes the uh, President Trophy winning Florida Panthers, uh, the offensive juggernaut, and uh, they got absolutely suffocated. Um, good, uh, an analysis I read or simple thing was basically that, uh, you know, rookie coach couldn't, couldn't adjust. Like he got exposed, you know, lack of playoff experience and, um, 
you know, couldn't make adjustments and got completely out coached by someone who's been there a bunch and knows how to make adjustments in game. And thus Florida could never get their motor running at any point in time because they were getting frustrated. Just a constant level of frustration. Yeah, you're not going to out-coach Scotty Bowman Jr., which is what I'm going to start calling John Cooper because he has built himself that resume for it. But, yeah, I know a lot of Panthers fans are upset. They didn't like Brunette to begin with. A lot of them were obviously upset because they fired Quenville and, you know, they had to do that, blah, 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 blah. Um, but still, uh, you you could kind of see that. I, I don't understand why he was nominated for the for the Jack Adams. I get that they had a pretty uh, historic, you know, almost record-breaking season, but just because your team does really damn good and also your team is really damn good on paper doesn't equate to a Jack Adams nomination. It baffles me that John Cooper has never been a finalist. I think he may have, may have been a finalist for the Jack Adams, but it surprises me that he's never won it, so... Um, yeah, again, you, it was, a lot of it was outplaying and and just being a great team, not just having a bunch of great players play good hockey, but being a great team. And a lot of it was just out coaching, especially with a, you know, short lineup like the lightning had. It was really fun to watch. It was, it was honestly the, the, the last five minutes of game four were probably, you know, the, the most, uh, weary, or um, the, you know, probably the most scared that I was of the entire of the entire playoff run so far. It's like we we didn't have a very big lead. We was a one goal at a time. Uh, really, if you call it a couple goals, but three. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll <laughs> give them two. You know, two for sure. Uh, but we just had the one, and they were. You know, we we had. Florida had so much offensive zone time that entire game, and I was really wondering like, okay, if they get the one, is that going to open up the floodgates to them? Is, are they going to get like this crazy surge of confidence all of a sudden? And then next thing you know, one thing will lead to another, but no, the door was completely slammed. I should have never lost faith whatsoever. Not that I actually lost faith, but you know, anybody watching that had to have been a little bit nervous towards the end. Like, okay, they're pushing, they're pushing, they're pushing. And then, you know, Vassy just, absolutely shut the door like he always does. And we should have expected him to shut the door, but still you can have that little bit of, of doubt because when you're playing a really good team like Florida and you're clinging to a very, very small lead, you know? Yeah. Like I was nervous on like a game to game basis, I guess, if that's what we're going to say. Cause again, you know, being up one, nothing with a power play or, you know, uh, killing a penalty in the last two minutes and 30 seconds against a Panthers team who is known for their comebacks. I was nervous but at the same time i think you know oh well if we lose this one we'll just go down go back down to sunrise and win it there like oh well so i wasn't i didn't give up any kind of hope or anything but this just again i I still am just shocked completely that this is how the series went four games they scored three goals the entire series they scored as many goals as Corey perry did in this series i was talking to my dad and i was basically telling him during the game four, like if, if they continue to play defense like this, Florida's just going to get frustrated. And when they get frustrated, they're going to get sloppy. And even if we haven't scored yet, when they get sloppy is when we're going to get a quick one. And that'll, that'll be that. Like once they get one, they should be in business for, for the, for the, for the game really at that point. I know. I was just waiting for them to start rolling and start, you know, playing like, 
the the Panthers of the regular season, but it just never came. So again, surprised for sure. Uh, happy with the result, absolutely. So um, they they're gonna need to do some soul searching this off season. Uh, who knows where Claude Giroux ends up? I know a lot of people again they're pointing fingers at Andrew Burnett, but as well Mackenzie Weger. I think Mackenzie Weger was the Tampa Bay Lightning's best player throughout <laughs> throughout this series. Well, he was definitely the one that 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 went a little too deep and uh, caused the the, the Kucherov. Uh, beautiful feed to Ross Colton for that uh, game winner, which I mm-hmm. think honestly was the dagger of the series that, cause it really shouldn't have happened and it did. And then it's really hard to come back from an absolute mistake like that. They, yeah. That game had overtime written all over it. And it, like, I know it's, they've taught this for the last 100 years until this year that, if the guy is behind the net, he can't score from there. Of course, now we're seeing like Michigan goals and all those, you know, new fancy goals. But, you know, 99% of the time, if you're behind the net, you cannot score from there. So they teach defensemen to stay out in front of the net and play the pass that's going to be coming. And Mackenzie Weger, he just he just bit so hard. And it's, it's unfortunate, but I, I know a lot of people were blaming him for it. A lot of people were saying that there was a forward playing defense who was really out of position, which threw Weger out of position. You know, again, there's going to be a lot of soul-searching for the Panthers to, uh, for the Panthers to do this offseason. But um, I, I like Weger. I had him on my fantasy team. I think he played really well. But, yeah, these playoffs, he really, really – he hurt them more than he helped them. He really did. Again, you know, as a you know fantasy owner, I only see like, oh, cool, point here, assist there, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, after kind of like looking at his game, man, he's he's rough. I, I hate to target the guy, but, <laughs> again, he, uh, he, he made a couple of egregious errors in that Washington series before. And, oh, yeah, I, I feel for the guy, but at the same time, at least you're in – you know, at least you're in Sunrise, where the media is not going to completely kill you. Yeah, they're focused. Like if on you the were in Toronto, right he'd be dead. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, it was a fun series to watch for if you're a Lightning fan because you really got to see the Lightning play a style of hockey that you might not have been used to seeing, which is the complete and utter shutdown, not score a hell of a lot, but completely prevent like prevent defense the entire the entire time. Did see it, you know, in, in times in the last two cup runs, but I think they were a little more offensive in the last couple of years. This year, this entire series, like they weren't really offensive at all. Like Florida was all over the place. Um, they just built a wall, as they kept saying on, on TNT, like build the wall. They had the wall up, and, and all it did was – just frustrate the hell out of the Panthers, and and they had to take out their frustrations in uh, Ebor City, you know, in Mons Venus. So <laughs> yeah, check your sources, um, folks. Check your sources. We haven't seen this style of defense from the team pretty much at all this year. I remember they had about midseason, early midseason. They the Lightning they had a lot of trouble shutting games down. They'd have a lead and they'd surrender it. And just that that same level of defense from the previous two championships, they just were not there the entire season. And you know, if any if if this regular season and playoffs so far have taught me anything, 
It's to never count this team out. It's to never look too hard into how they're playing, trying to analyze, blah, 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 blah. Because they, they, not, not, they haven't proven me wrong. I've just been too, a little too skeptical at points, saying like, oh, they don't look good here or there, blah, 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 whatever. But man, when it comes down to it, they, they prove me wrong. They, they show me that everybody's willing to buy in and be ready to block the shot or just whatever it may be to to get to the next goal, get to the next win, get to the next series, and uh, just the whole entire team just buying in on the same kind of same kind of deal. I mean, when you see Steven Stamkos out there blocking shots like he's Eric Chernak or Dan Girardi for, for F's sake, it, it does a lot to motivate your team. And to, again, to see not only just him doing it, but but Kucherov, but Hagel, but everybody on the team willing to sacrifice themselves like that and play committed to defense first and, you know, rather quickly solving the Panthers' offense and, and keeping them at bay. It's just something incredible that, you know, we didn't see throughout this season, but it's, you know, like they're picking up where they left off last postseason. So speaking of blocks, let's let's go over the number of blocks per uh, for each game here. So in, in the in uh, game one, uh, Tampa had 16 blocks, uh, led by Ryan McDonough with four. In game two, they had 24 blocks, led by Eric Chernak with four, Ryan McDonough with three. Almost everybody on the team got a block. The only three people that did not get blocks were Foot, Perry, and Ruda. Uh, game three, they had 19 blocks led by uh, Victor Hedman with four. Uh, and in uh, game four, the uh, clinching game, they had 18 blocks. Cal Foote had three, and uh, Stamkos had three. So it was an absolute block party. So just take each of those block numbers and add it to the number of shot attempts that the Panthers had in each game, which were quite a bit. I mean, in the clinching game, Vasilevsky uh, stopped 49 shots that were on goal. 49, folks, 49. And as we discovered, they probably through, had like six, 60 shot attempts total. Yeah, and if, and if we use the math that we determined on this show a couple a couple of weeks ago, 49 is um, mathematically a lot. So <laughs> that's a, that's what the level we'll use. So 49 shots, and he stopped every single one of them, and and they were you know they were good good stops too you know he didn't really have um the highlight reel stops he did he did a few times uh block block in a post you know with his foot things like that but in you know they were it just things you're coming to just expect from him now um, what an argument that i've heard is like you know everybody kind of says oh he makes it look so easy blah 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 well there's kind of a science to it. A lot of people will get upset. They're like, oh, they're shooting at his chest or whatever. And it's like, no, he's just he's just so good. He's so athletic and he's just so good at, I'm talking about Vasilevsky, so good at his positioning that he makes everything look so simple. He'll make a, you know, a 10-bell save. He makes it look like he, he's doing it with his eyes closed, but it's actually like on a wicked, wicked scoring chance where, you know, any other goalie would at least look farther out of place, look like he's struggling with it a little bit more. It's just something about Vasilevsky. Like even Igor Shosturkin, a lot of these... 
like, yeah, Shesterkin, he's a great goalie, but what a lot of people kind of do is overrate certain saves, like where a goalie is, you know, just awfully, awfully out of place, out of position, and they recover just in time and make a sprawling save, and it's like, yeah, you know, that's great, it, it was a spectacular save, don't ask me to do it, but it... <laughs> It looked hard. It looked like he was struggling, the goalie. And, you know, Vasilevsky doesn't make all of those insane highlight reel saves unless he completely cannot do something about it. He doesn't find himself regularly out of position or unable or unaware to, you know, playing a puck. He's always there, always on top of it, which which makes a lot of these shots and chances look so pedestrian, makes them look like he, he could stop him with his eyes closed, just makes them look so simply easy. If you kind of understand what I'm saying, sorry, sorry for going off. Yeah, it's it's shots that that basically saves that that a normal goalie would it would look a little bit harder for them to do. Yes, it comes natural because he's a gigantic man and he's always in the yeah. right position and he just he you know he makes himself into a backstop essentially and you can't like you just can't get past him. And he's always, and I think that messes with a shooter's brain because they don't really know a good place to put it because they don't really have a lot of space, you know? Yeah, like when you look up and all you see is him, you can't even see the crossbar or posts or anything. You just see blue and white. So you're like, oh, shit, where do I put that thing? Exactly. So that is now, after this series, that's 10 straight series that the Lightning have won in the postseason. And... Of those 10, Vassy has, what's the clinching game, six shutouts? Is that number six? Yes. Is that six or seven? That's number six, right? Yes, because he did not shut out Toronto, so. Yeah, he gave up the one as like a pity goal. Pity goal. So, <laughs> so just Regardless, he's got an insane save percentage in, in series clinching games. It's at like a 980-something or just something absolutely insane and it, it's a product of the team as well they they the team like how we were saying you know five minutes ago they just play an incredible team defense in, in these do or die not even do or die games but in these series potentially series clinching games that the entire team performs up to an a plus level and i mean if, if vasilevsky is performing to an a plus level i mean he's unbeatable as we have seen and you know it was only a matter of time for him to really get in get in his groove like in that Toronto series i not that i thought he was playing he wasn't playing bad i just was kind of hoping and expecting to see the vasilevsky the playoff vasilevsky we all we all kind of know so uh, you know i asking you shall receive and we definitely got him throughout four games this series and heading back into game 7 so for for five straight games vasilevsky has been the best player i don't care I don't care what you say. Well, I can say that after game four, all the remaining teams in the league just let out a, a, a an oh shit in unison after seeing that because they probably were not expecting that series to be over that quickly. Now, they're definitely focused with their own problems, and there are many problems that they are having. Like, I really feel bad for Calgary right now. Oof. Um, the Kangers have, uh, you know, their own thing going on and all that, but you know, it, it, it would be ridiculous to think that the, at least the coaches are not paying attention to other results because they're looking a little bit forward 
you could say, now we're focusing one game at a time, one game at a time. Yeah, you are, but you're also paying attention to who you might face if you get past. You'd be, it would be very, it would be virtually impossible not to. The only way you could get your mind off of it is if you were at Mons Venus. <laughs> so, oh man, so was that ever confirmed to be true? Hey, check your sources. I got sources in Ybor City, and they say <laughs> it was true. They say it was true. I mean, why, I, just saw I was a guy thinking with of, a huge beard going in. They're like, "That's Joe Thornton." I was thinking, you know, what? Maybe we should give them some different names, like the uh, the Mons Venus Marauders. Maybe we change them from the Florida Panthers to like the Mons Venus Militia or something like that. <laughs> you know, the the Odyssey Orioles or something. Ah, uh, <laughs> I was gonna try. I was gonna try an Odyssey one, but I couldn't come up with something <laughs> the, in time. The, the Odyssey Orange Men. I don't know. Just something. <laughs> Something along those lines. You know, I can't really... Obviously, with, with with that news coming out and them not winning, it's going to look really bad. No one would have batted an eye if they would have won the game. You know, they probably would have maybe gone the next night. You know, there's not really much you can do in, in uh, Fort Lauderdale, but they got some good ones in Ybor City, so they probably would have gone back again. And uh, maybe it would have worked again. Who knows? Yeah. But I can tell you that. They I, played their best game of the season after that. Not season, but uh, playoffs. Uh, they played their best game of the playoffs after that little uh, strip trip. Well, what I can say, I sympathize. When I was but a, a wee lad in my, what I like to call my hazy period, which was uh, from the years of 1998 to about 2005, uh, a seven-year hazy period. For a couple of those years, I, I worked a job that was uh, like a call, like a phone center job where I, I took incoming calls and I tried to sell them something. Uh, I sold so much more when I was hung over and strung out and hated life and didn't want to be there. I made so much more money because I didn't care, right? And that comes through. So... Think about, you know, if you're going to a strip club, you're already, your back's against the wall. You're trying to blow off some steam. Maybe you come into to work the next day or practice and you're just not really feeling it, but you also don't care. So maybe that, maybe that was something that they were trying to do. Like, let's, let's not think about it for a little while. Cause you can certainly overthink these things, but unfortunately it didn't work for them. It almost it worked. It almost it worked, worked, but yeah. The the sober team was uh, was just a little bit better. That is to say, I'm, we don't we don't know if they, we don't know if Tampa goes goes anywhere. They they might and just be no one no one reports on them. It's crazy because <laughs> during that game, you could tell that there was a difference. The Panthers, you could tell that they were a team they wanted to win. Everybody wants to win, and it's kind of obvious. You know, everybody wants to win. You could see it. The Panthers, they want to win, but the thing that separates them from the Lightning is the Lightning know how to win they know what it takes they don't not only want to win but they know what it takes to win and that's what really helps them out in these kind of situations like that where you know the pan it, it, it's been done before and the panthers they've been a comeback team all season uh whether it be in games or just like you know uh regular season series they've been able to kind of come back against teams and i'm not you know i i 
always always a small part of me no matter how you know if we're up three to nothing in a series i'm like eh, it's possible san jose did it the flyers did it this is all within 10 12 years or so um albeit it is it is still rare uh, if there's a team that could do it it would be the panthers uh, not necessarily saying that it would be against the lightning but I, I i could possibly have seen it happening so um yeah, but the thing is that the like the the Panthers they only wanted to win. They didn't necessarily play like they knew what it took to win. So eh, I'm 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 not doing them justice, kind of saying that, but yeah, you know what I mean. Well, I, they did learn some lessons for sure. And lesson number one: uh, you have to score more than one power play goal in the playoffs. Oh, uh, you definitely need to have a, a crooked number of them, unless unless that number is like 11, then, then it doesn't have to be crooked. But otherwise, you probably want to have a crooked number up, crooked number up there. And it, I guess maybe they, they weren't really paying too much attention toward uh, to uh, the Lightning's last month and a half of the season where they were just uh, having a parade to the penalty box all the time. And so they got to hone their penalty kill to perfection because they kept taking so many penalties in the last two months of the season or so. It was ridiculous, like too many men, like delay of game, you name it. If it was a stupid penalty, we probably took it. And so now when it counts, they are like a penalty-killing machine. It's hilarious to watch. Like, oh, yeah, yeah there were a couple. We got so much practice. There were a couple of... Um, couple of stupid penalties like that Andre Palat penalty he should have got two delay of game penalties in game four at least um yeah the lightning they're not innocent of of you know not taking those stupid penalties we saw two or three too many men on the ice calls in that Toronto series and another one in this Florida series um just kind of stupid penalties and you know luckily you, you are correct they really had time to hone in on their uh, penalty killing and make sure that no matter what the team it is, they'd, they'd be able to come across those those uh, shorthanded two minutes come out unscathed. So, um, But Florida, the, on these power plays, they had really good positioning, but it seemed like a kind of a lightning error. They wanted to pass the puck to the back of the net. They, you know, they did have some shooters and whatever else, but none of them were really prime scoring chances. But they could open up the ice, but they wouldn't take advantage of a lot of these opportunities. Like, it was perplexing Phil and Dave. They're like, I don't know why they wouldn't take a shot there. They were just being a little too cute with it and getting inside their own head. I'm I'm not entirely sure, but I don't think the, you know, give, give all the credit to the lightning penalty killers. But the, you know, no secret that the, the Panthers power play just was not there. I do have something about that. That miss call, the Andre Palat, which could have been a a delay of game had it been caught in real time, but ended up being a goal that was disallowed after an eight minute review. That's my beef. I don't care if you get the call right in the end or not. There needs to be a a time limit on this, <laughs> and that time limit needs to be sometime some somewhere between two and three minutes. If you can't figure it out in three minutes or less, then the call needs to stand. It needs to stand because you can't, I don't care where they, what, what carrier pigeon they fly a better angle in on, but it should not take 
three minutes. It should not take more than three minutes to make that decision. I heard that they had, uh, they had played like three full songs in the arena while, Uh while they were waiting for that call. Yeah. They got, let it be. That's ridiculous. That's, that's ridiculous. Eight minutes. That would never happen even in the NFL, which is like the longest game on earth. That would never happen. If you can't figure it out in three minutes, call stands. End of story. That's it. Wrong, right, wrong, indifferent. That's ridiculous. I'll give it. I'll give it five because this one was exceptionally difficult. Um, I I never saw a good angle to where you could definitively see the puck hit the netting, but I, it was the right call. The puck went out, but I personally never saw the the clip of when it definitively hit the netting and went out of the playing surface. I never saw that. Well, they kept showing but, the guy in the room with all of his screens, like he's some kind of FBI guy and he's got all of his screens, right? And 80% of his screens were the TNT feed showing the exact same thing that they were showing <laughs> us. I'm like, Hey, I can't see it. Call stands. I'll, you know, where's the phone? I'll call you and tell you that because this dude is in the room watching the exact same feed that I'm watching, you know? So, uh, yeah, NHL, come on time limit. If you want to go five, I think five, five is too long. Three, three or less. We got, we got, we got things to do, you know, trying to beat traffic. Let's go here. Well, thank God that they only had to do that one review the entire game. Oh, wait. I'll give them the, I'll give them the second one. That's (laughs) fine. Because before, you know, you would not have had that kind of camera angle to see his hand like that. So, okay, you have that camera angle now. That's quick, fine, whatever. You have that camera angle now. You can make that call and get it right. I don't like that call, but I get it. It's the rule. Fine. And I'm happy it wasn't a penalty. Great. But it shouldn't take eight minutes. That's all I'm saying. It should not take eight minutes. I agree. I agree. So what's next? I got to ask you. Sure. Out of these four games, what was your favorite moment? hit goal just just part of this series what was your favorite i think i know what you're gonna say what i want to ask what do you what do you think i'm gonna say because honestly i don't know what i'm gonna say well you know to to me my answer kind of the obvious answer was that uh the ross colton goal that uh well that was gorgeous yeah yeah that three three point eight seconds left goal that that that's got to be up there for me it's um, it's the obvious one for sure, and 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 what makes it even better is is his post game interview and the way that he just describes playing with Cooch. I mean, he just put into words in in ten seconds everything about playing with that guy. Like you have to know, you have to have your head up at all times because he's going to pull some magic stuff out of his ass. Yeah, I remember Nick Paul said something something like that, and you know it's obvious we all know it, but just to hear kind of players say, it, he's like, yeah, you. Like when he got put on a line, first put on a line with Cooch and Stamkos, I believe he said something like, "I no matter, I know he's on the ice, I can see him or whatever, but I just always, even if he is two guys away from the puck, I always have to be expecting how Nikita Kucherov is going to be able to get me that puck because he's going to try and he's going to succeed. It just matters if I'm ready or not. And it's crazy the way he plays. I've said it on this show before. I will stand by it. I don't care about McDavid or Dreisaitl or whoever the hell else you think. Nikita Kucherov is the best passer in the NHL. He might not be the best player. Obviously, that goes to McDavid. But he's the best passer in the NHL. 
There were so many moments in the series too where a puck was going to go in. Um, a couple of moments where and and they got uh, like the the one that the puck was loose and it was scooped out, albeit barely by uh, by Jan Ruta. Ru- Jan Ruta. Forty four. That's me. And I I was a big fan of that. I was a big fan of. Um, I mean, I was a big fan of the of the, of the blocking suite in general. Just mm-hmm. the amount of absolute stone cold blocks that they had. I mean, from from Victor Hedman barely lifting up his right knee and get getting one out to oh yeah, that one was going in too. I know the exact one you're talking about. The Stamkos taking blocks and then immediately coming out of the game and then coming right back and all of that. I mean, I I was a big fan of seeing. Um, like I think, I think this next series, whoever it is that they play, is going to be Brandon Hagel's breakout series because he's right there. Like he is absolutely right there. Like he's he's everywhere. He's got he's got Joseph syndrome right now, oh. where, where he's everywhere, but he just can't finish. Oof! Don't don't you say that. I'm just saying that he's. Well, I'm saying that it's gonna that it's gonna pop in this next series, like the stuff that's not going in is going to go in. Like he's had a bad luck on a couple of breakaways. He had bad luck on, on the face plant, which I'm, I'm a little disappointed in TNT on, mm. to, to be honest. They were, uh, they were, I think a little, um, a little harsh, bad hit or not. The way they were talking about it was like, he was ending somebody's career. I'm sorry. He barely touched the guy. The guy was already he was already off balance. He didn't know that it was a it was a cross check that would have happened a, a thousand other times during the game. It's just he was already off balance and there was nothing he could do. Yes, I agree. Give, give him a penalty, kind of... sure, but not like don't don't be going like, hey kids, if you're gonna learn how to play hockey, don't do hits like that. Like you're gonna do hits like that like a thousand times. Mm-hmm. It's just the guy's been... probably not gonna face plant. I would have been fine with five minutes and not a game because it was accidental. There's a difference between instant, like, you know, a meaning to do it and an accident, which Hegel meant to give him a cross check. He did not meant to mean to board him quite like that. So I would have been fine with five minutes and not ejected from the game. But, uh, you know, it did kind of go our favor, even though they did end up scoring their lone power play goal on that uh, two minute penalty. And, you know, they, they could have gotten more. They could have rolled with some of that momentum. Um, I, you know, I'm not going to complain a whole hell of a lot, but I do think we got away a little easy on it. But at the same time, they also did review it. They did take it from five down to a two, probably because they did see that it was mainly accidental. You know, he just wanted to give him a little tap, you know, get him hard into the boards, but not, you know, kill him, you know, throw him into the boards quite like that. He was so. already off balance. And, he was. And Hagel didn't even extend his arms. Like, his arms weren't even fully extended. Mm-hmm. And uh, E2 Losterine, and he stayed in the game. Exactly. It looked a lot worse than it was. And it could have, yes. it could have been very bad. I agree. But the diatribe that... And I, I like Keith Jones, and I, but I'm going to give him a little grief for this because, like, dude, you and Eddie O, when you, two to get, when you get together and you start, you know, one of you goes overboard, and the next thing you know, it's like, which, which person is going to go more overboard on this, on this call here? Because you're just <laughs> outdoing Eddie yourself. O. I mean, Eddie o, Eddie o thinks he's at a horse race anyways. I don't even know that he <laughs> thinks he's at a game, really. He's trying to figure out, you know, where, how to place his bets, really. 
but they just went too far, I, you know. And then they talked about it on the, you know, on the on the um, the intermission report too. And it's like, all right, it's over, it's over. You even like find him like thirty seven hundred dollars or something like that for it. Like okay, thirty seven fifty. Oh yeah, I get that fifty bucks. That's yeah, a couple of breaker. couple of six packs you can't have now. That's that's a lap dance at Mons Venus you can't have. Ooh, oh, I, that's uh. that was a gripe I had. Anyways, it's just like okay, a little too much. You're laying it on a little thick here, TNT. But uh, in general, it's hard to really pick out a good moment other than like that Colton moment, which was amazing. I definitely did a couple of somersaults in my apartment after that happened for sure. Um, Is there any uh, footage of the somersaults? I want to see that. Oh uh, no, you don't. You don't want anything. I <laughs> I don't allow cameras in my apartment. Every every camera in my apartment has a has a piece of black electrical tape over it. Um, yeah, I definitely was was doing some front flips for sure. Um, and I, and now I'm I'm just like okay, let's let's all take a collective breath and uh, see see what happens next. And I've been watching the the. It's it's really hard to predict the the Canes Rangers because they just feel so evenly matched. Obviously, they're two two. That's why. But that it could really go either way. I, I think it's going to be a home team wins every game series, and we end up playing Carolina. Um, what's what's the word on uh, on Anderson? Is he is he going to be back? Back? You think if uh, if they go on to win? He could be, but I'd be a little hesitant. I think Auntie Ranta, he's been he's been pretty fantastic for them. Um, if it were my choice, I probably would rather play the Hurricanes. I think we figured them out pretty decisively last year, just, you know, waiting. Kind of how we figured out the Panthers this year, just like knew what their game and what it entails and just how to neutralize it and capitalize off of it. Uh, whereas with the Rangers, I think they make more mistakes, but they are a little more offensively minded, even with Gerard Gallant kind of putting the clamps on a lot of his offensive players. But it, it's solving Igor Shosturkin. I think it'd be really fun and interesting to see Vasilevsky versus Shosturkin. Obviously, you know where my money is going, but I, I would prefer to play the Hurricanes for two reasons. And, you know, the reason one is, like I just said, I think... We could figure them out a little bit easier. We haven't had the best luck against the Rangers this year. Most of these games have been close, and I'm not putting any stock into them considering that it's the playoffs now. But let's say if the the Hurricanes do beat us, let's say if we do meet up with them and they beat us, that's who I'm cheering for. I, I've been, you know this, I've been cheering Hurricanes. They're my number two this season. So... You know that, that that's really the biggest reasons why I'd rather see Hurricanes over Rangers. How about you, buddy? I I've been teetering back and forth. Uh, we do have good experience against the Canes, especially in the playoffs. Um, however, I think the Rangers are younger and less experienced, and I feel like that would play to our favor because Gallant can't get out there and play himself. I think Shosturkin, while incredibly good, I think he is shaky and he's not playoff proven yet. Uh, and that does make a big difference. And then, of course, Hurricanes having questions in goal. You know, Ranta's good. He's a service. He's serviceable, but he's also a backup. And backups can blow up at any point in time. Yes, but he's always been a fairly competent backup. Really the biggest thing that has, uh, like, hindered him from getting a starter role in this league is his health. He's been spotty at best with his health like this you know 
I'd say this entire series, since the Boston series, he's been questionable to play, but good enough to play. And he's played very well in his role, but I don't, he's always, always, always had injury issues, whether it be with, uh, with the Hurricanes, with the Coyotes, or wherever he was before. The Rangers, he used, I think he used to back up That's, Lundquist. You are correct. Yes. That's um, the first he's time I've ever had heard it in him. I, I just, you always go with, I think, I think it would be better to play the team with questions in goal. That's that's the team that you want to play. Yes. It doesn't matter who's in front of them. You go with who who who's the who's the shakiest goalie. And to me, I feel like that's Ranta of well, the, of we, those two teams. If we look back at last season when they had Peter Mrazek and Nedeljkovic, well, it was right? Alex Nedeljkovic. Um, both of them, they were they played well for the Hurricanes, but. And the Hurricanes, they made Nedeljkovic look like a like a god. Well, they made uh, they made David a, Ayers look like a god. That's true. Uh, <laughs> but they, they the Carolina can make any goaltender look fantastic. And it only took a couple of like not misplays or like you know just bad plays, but there were a couple of goals in that Carolina series last year that I don't think should have gone in. There was one Barclay Goudreau chance from a real tough angle that he just he just beats the goalie like. I think it was Nadelkovich. They like swip swapped them too many times last last year, but there were just a couple of lucky ish plays that I think if they had a better goaltender, it would have kept them in the game. Because a lot of those games, I think like at least two or three of those games were one goal games. Maybe even all of them were one goal games, or one or two goal games, and that that that's huge. One goal can be a series maker or breaker. So. Um, Don't forget also that uh, Peter Morazic had a little bit of history with the Lightning as he made his uh, playoff debut um, for Detroit. the Detroit Red Wings in the first round of the 2015 playoffs Correct. where we went on the, the, the cup run and got beat by the Blackhawks. But the, the Tyler Johnson series against the Red team, that <laughs> was Morazic's kind of coming out party, and he played incredibly well. Um, for having virtually no experience whatsoever. He played really well in that series. Each That was the crazy thing about that cup run in 2015. Every series we played up until the Stanley Cup was seven games. Yeah, and, I know they played a lot of hockey. And every single one was against an original six team. Every series. That's something I, I never really put together. Yeah, because yeah, it, it went was... Detroit, Montreal, New York, Chicago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey. So it was all 06, all of them. Uh, and they just didn't have any juice left in the tank for uh, for Chicago, and then T Tyler Johnson and had like a injured to broken, hell. broken hand, and like all these guys. Really, ben Bishop broken everything. Yeah, ever, and and it just I I don't think uh, Vassy was um, Vassy wasn't even up yet. I don't I don't remember who our backup was that year. No, he he played in one of those final games. Did he? I couldn't remember if it was if he if he did that or if it was the next year against uh, Pittsburgh. I thought it was against Pittsburgh. I can't remember. No, he played one of those final games. So that uh, yeah, that was baptism by fire. I wonder if he did anything good after that with his career. I don't know who is that guy. <laughs> Can't keep got to keep track of these guys' careers. Um. So yeah, Mrazek had a little bit of Tampa Bay experience with uh, with the core players because our core players haven't changed since then, except for Tyler Johnson's gone. But and he made his way away from that core. He he had a reverse kind of career, like where he. Not, it sounds rude saying this because Tyler Johnson, he is one of he, he's on my 
not my lightning Mount Rushmore, but he's top 10 lightning players all time for me. But his career, he just got worse throughout his career. Just the numbers went down and down and down and down. So nothing against him. Love him. But how, how much he, of that do you think is is the rise of Braden Point? Because Braden Point is, is basically just a faster and slightly more talented Tyler Johnson. I'd give it a little bit more than slightly. Um, well, I'm talking so, like yeah. at the time. I'm talking when their paths crossed. Yeah, so Braden Point, he started playing 16-17, and he, he had a really strong rookie season. He had a couple of Calder votes and, uh, you know, really, really underrated rookie season. And I, I can see what you mean, yeah, because he does kind of – he did fill out some of those roles that Tyler Johnson used to do uh, that Braden Point could just do better. You know, he had to make a name for himself. He wasn't really – I mean, he was – rather not hyped coming in but everybody had a good feeling about Braden Point and just you know the eye test matched what was to be expected from him uh in that rookie season I mean I, I didn't really follow this team as closely as I did but I remember just like every game it was Braden Point scoring a, a wicked goal off the rush or an extremely clutch goal or something and Tyler Johnson he was still very very um successful in that 16-17 year but, yeah, eventually, yeah, Brayden Point was growing up a little bit and Johnson was getting a little bit older and did kind of tail off. I can see what you mean. It, it, not that he stole Johnson's job or anything, but just could do better at those jobs than Johnson could. Yeah, I just – I think that's that's probably where their paths crossed, you know, because Johnson was kind of on his way down a little bit, but I think that might have accentuated it a little bit more, mm-hmm. was basically having his role – filled already you know yeah so I, I miss i miss tj i miss tj oh we all do i miss tj i want him to to you know not that he's not that he's going to retire anytime soon but i think it would be uh pretty cool if he did retire as a, as a bolt years and years and years from now however long it is i can't see no his number is not going to get hanged up or hung up why not but... I, don't, I've, I don't know anyone else that has ever worn the number nine for us. I mean, he doesn't wear the number nine now for Chicago. Actually, yeah, it looks like he like, he initially wore the he's the, ninety. Well, he's ninety for Chicago now. What I didn't realize is that his rookie year, uh, he wore the number sixty three. Yep, that's a training camp number. Let's look at. I'm looking at his season. We're off on a tangent here, just because we like Tyler Johnson that much. But let's let's take a look at his his uh, his seasons here. So his 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 good season, his best season was fourteen fifteen. That was the cup year, where he had seventy two points. Uh, thirteen fourteen and seventeen eighteen, he had fifty points apiece. Eighteen nineteen forty seven points. Sixteen seventeen forty five. Uh, fifteen sixteen, he had thirty eight, and then it's timber from there. Nineteen twenty, he only had thirty one, and then twenty twenty one, he only had twenty two. So yeah, it was basically right, right when Point was on his way up. Yeah. So it was like those. I mean, he was always a serviceable player. I mean, in the last two playoff runs, yeah, he was kind of. He he was kind of buried down the line. He did score a couple of clutch goals. I remember he got one, uh, one against Montreal that was pretty important, I believe, or it was the Rangers. I remember his late, late series kind of kind of goal. Um, but again, he, he was always there when you needed him. I went to a game against the Carolina Hurricanes where he scored a hat trick against them. That was a really fun game. That was, I want to say, 
Yeah, it's my boy, Pizza Mart regular Tyler Johnson. That's what I'll always call him. <laughs> so, moving on. What do you think about these other playoff series? I tell you, the the I I can't stop watching the Oilers Flames, and that sucks because they're on so late, and I got to go to work. But that's been the most nuts series I think out of all of them so far. Did you see that Rasmus Anderson goal? I did not. I don't know which one. I've saw. I've seen about forty goals out of their game, so I couldn't pick one out. This one, it was the last game that they played. Rasmus Anderson defenseman for the flames he was in his own end he was approaching his blue line shoots the puck on net smith lets it in oh man mike from, smith yeah from about like 180 feet and they still lost yeah they still lost <laughs> but um th- this this series has been wicked it's been very very entertaining as an unbiased fan i'm pulling for calgary in this one i'm a little disappointed in calgary like Jacob Markstrom, he had an incredible season. I believe he's nominated for the Vezina. He, he can't just, stop sh- He let a goal in in like five seconds. Yeah, he can't stop <laughs> shit right now. Mike Smith, he hasn't been much better, but he's been good enough. Um, yeah, goals are just coming left and right for both of these teams, and I get it's nearly impossible to shut down McDavid, and then you got to worry about Dreisaitl, Zach Hyman. He's doing really well. Uh, Yamamoto, Nuge, all of them. They're a better team than I really give them credit for. But I, I can't see them winning anything. Like, if we so happen to match up with them, of course, I'm kind of uh, jumping the gun a little bit. But if we happen to match up with them, I'm, I'm not worried about them at all. 21 Again, we, seconds. We it was 21 seconds into the game. when well, uh, Mike Smith? Yeah. When, or, well, no, when, when Nugent Hopkins scored against um, uh, Markstrom. Because Markstrom went to the back of went, went behind the net to handle the puck, and uh, the uh, he he turned it over and Nugent Hopkins got it and scored. It was twenty one seconds Nuge. into the game. Yeah, in game one of this series, Mike Smith he he let in two goals in thirty three seconds or something crazy like that. That was that nine to six game. It's it's a nuts it's a nuts series to watch. Uh, I mean, even the what uh, the gambler himself, uh, Evander Kane, had a natural hat trick uh, in that game where he scored all three goals in like six minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was one of the quickest hat tricks in NHL playoff history. It just makes me feel bad for um, Blake Coleman because I like Blake Coleman a lot, and he deserves better for them to go down like that. Because I mean, I I don't think that the Flames are going to come back. They're down three one. I could see it. You you think they could? I could see it. I don't know. This is this series has been McDavid's coming out party. Yeah, he's he's on an incredible pace. He's got like twenty three points in ten playoff games. He is he is unreal. Like it's, I'd hate to face him. But. It's one of those situations where if if they get to the if they get to the conference finals and and somehow they win and they go to the cup, it didn't ma- it wouldn't matter if they lose or not. He could get the Conn Smythe regardless. You do have to be in the finals to get Con Smythe votes, but he could very well win it. I mean, they were talking like, about trying to give it to Carey Price when we beat them last year. Oh, that's—he played great until that they played the Lightning. Then they lit him up. Like I watched a lot of those Montreal games before that they played the Lightning, and yeah, Carey Price—he was the reason, one of the big reasons that they got that far. But once they played the Lightning, I mean, we we scored. We scored on him a lot. He looked fairly pedestrian against us, which is why, like, 
I was confused when people were kind of giving their early Con Smythe votes. Like, Carey Price has been awesome. I'm like, no, he hasn't. He was awesome before this series. Not against Lightning. No chance. Well, they were talking about it from, from the standpoint of him being the most valuable player to his team during the entire playoffs. I, I just, the way that he finished the playoffs, I, I wouldn't, as an unbiased party, I wouldn't have given him my vote. I would have happily given it to Vasilevsky. I say that as a biased fan, but that's truthfully what I would think. I mean, if not Vasilevsky, then Kucherov. Like, Carey Price would be, like, number three or four on my list. Mm. Well, I can tell you with certainty at this point, that uh, my prediction for Andre Palat to win the Conn Smythe is not really going to happen. I don't know. I mean, there's still some time left for sure, and I hope that he can pick it up and have a couple of amazing series. Uh, but I'm 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 not going to put money on my own on my own prediction right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually really hard to tell who if if the if the if the playoffs were over right now. I mean, would you go Vassy or would you go Hedman? Or would you go Cooch? For my con Smythe? Yeah. That's a tough one. Obviously, my recency bias goes to Vasilevsky because of that just that insane series. But again, he he struggled a little bit for our standards for him in that Toronto series. I'd maybe say Kucherov. You know, the last two years he has been. Uh, he led the... You know what? I'm going to go off on a quick tangent real quick. Over the last three postseasons... Nikita Kucherov has more assists than the next player has points, which is something crazy. Of course, with the length of our playoff runs, really kind of helps him. McDavid's going to come shatter one of those records. Um, but as far as my cons, if the if the playoffs ended today, I'd give it to Nikita Kucherov. Think Cooch? Mm-hmm. I think I think he's overdue for one. Let's say this year he wins it, or like we win the cup. I'd say he gets it this year. You know, because that. The, the two best picks were the right picks, so Victor Hedman 2020 and Vazzy 2021. Uh, Kucherov, he hasn't been, like, insane this year like he was last two playoff years, but I could see him winning it. I'd like him to, but also a second con Smythe for either of those two would be terrific as well, so uh, there is no wrong answer. I want to give him... I want it to go to somebody ridiculous, like... Nick Paul. Yeah, or uh, Cal Foot. <laughs> Ross Colton. I yeah. mean, he, he's Ross leading Colton the too. team. He's leading the team in goals right now, tied with Corey Perry. It's not out of the realm. Let's give it to Pat Maroon. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. I'd, I'd pay to see that. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's a crapshoot right now. It could go to quite a few people. We got a couple more series to, to really uh, fill out the argument. But Among active players, Pat Maroon is either first or second. I can't quite remember. First or second um, has the first or second amount of series-winning goals. So he had the goal to eliminate the Panthers this year and last year, and he had the eliminating the Dallas Stars goal in 2019. So he's at three, and I think only Sidney Crosby has more than him right now. Well, he should be I more than that say. because he scored the game He scored the game winner for uh, St. Louis against Boston in double overtime. Which one? The uh, He scored the he scored the series-clinching goal uh, to win his first cup for St. Louis in game seven. 
No, he didn't score in that game. I don't think he did. He he scored the he scored the winner. In game seven. In game seven against Boston, he scored the well, winner. It wasn't overtime. The game was like four to one or something. I'm fairly certain it was overtime to win no, that series I, game seven. Let's let's find out. Game seven of the Stanley Cup finals in twenty nineteen. It, it was like a score of four to one. I, I don't check your sources as Brunette would say. Hey. I think you should check your sources. Let's let's take a look. I'm 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 fairly certain in my in my information here. And we're gonna find out. Let's go. Hold on. Uh hockey reference. Let's check you while we're while we're killing time here. What team am I talking yeah, about? Yeah, four to one St. Louis. Are you sure about that? Hold on. I'm I'm sure. Hold on, let's check. I'm not gonna check the box score. He scored it. He scored an overtime goal at some point in time against the Bruins that I was fairly certain was in like Game Seven. He scored the Game Seven double overtime winner against Dallas. Oh, was that, that was, in, was that to get to? That was to get to the conference finals. I'm pretty sure. Hold on. Either way, I know that's true. I know that's true. Check your sources. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. View matchup. Let's take a look. Okay. Yeah. All right. Wait. That can't be right. What game was it then? He scored a he scored an overtime game winner in that series. I'm fairly certain. What? How am I wrong? I'm never wrong. Because you're talking to me. Everybody's I'm wrong. I'm talking so to me. Never wrong. <laughs> Never wrong about these Not things. Not once. Ever. All right. Well, my mind has been lying to me apparently this entire time. You should talk for a few minutes. Wow, I should talk. Some... I should vamp. Man, you're really stressing about this. Wait, I, I, wait I'm going second. to. Game two. It's game two. Game two. All right. So I'm wrong. I'll admit that I'm wrong. I'm a man. I'll admit Better. that I'm wrong. <laughs> I'm an adult in this situation. I thought that he scored a double overtime goal at some point in time. He did, just not against the Bruins. So that was the series before? Was that the Western Conference Finals that year? I believe that was just the second round. I'm I'm pretty sure about that, but don't quote me. I mean, I guess I, I could check it real quick. But I think we, we, we've done enough St. Louis talk, St. Louis Pat Maroon talk, I think. No, we got, <laughs> we have not. We have not done that. Uh I'm gonna fucking find this. Uh yeah, it was round two. The the headline I see is Pat Maroon sends blues to Western Conference final with game seven double overtime winner. Okay, so I was right in the wrong series. <laughs> we have, we've established <laughs> that. I don't, you established that. I haven't established anything. Oh yeah, that's right. You got to come to grips with yourself. <laughs> Either way, the man is clutch. The man is clutch. He definitely is. All right. Well, that's that's that was that was the tangent of all tangents, and this is a lightning show. Christ. We just talked about the blues for a while. What's the matter with you now? What's the matter with you now? What's the matter with you? I've had too much wine during this show. <laughs> well, you know, if we can stick on Pat Maroon, I'm looking at this stat right now. Pat Maroon has the Pat Maroon has the second longest playoff s- series win streak at 14 playoff series consecutively won, only trailing behind the New York Islanders 
1980 through 1984. That was the last. That was the last uh, dynasty. Yes, last true dynasty. That was the last actual dynasty. The the Islanders. That's that's who we're chasing right now. Bolts are still a dynasty. I don't care. I don't care if we oh, lose. Oh, we year. are. We're, I mean, you can't deny that that the the Bolts are a, a dynasty right now. You can't. It's impossible. Like you look at even the the years they didn't win the cup, how close they came to getting there. Like in this, you can stretch this all the way back to 2010. You know, uh, when they really started with this this group, uh, they had a couple of lean years for sure. There was an ownership change. There was a, a, a sweater change. There was a, a, a logo change and everything. But the amount of conference championships and playoff appearances and, and just they've always been there. They've always been there. And, and I, watch, I, I spent some time reading a blog post from 2004 about, you know, a little bit about the history of the team. And just think of, like, how far we've come just since 2004 um, it's absolutely amazing. And, and what like Rick Stroud and Steve Versnick were talking about on their show the other day, how this, this resurgence of Tampa Bay sports over the last five years or so uh, really kind of the, the lightning are the ones that really sparked it. Uh, and they're, they're most likely going to be the ones to end it as well. You know, whenever <laughs> it finally does end, because as much as I'm a diehard Tampa Bay Rays fan, I, I just don't ever see us getting over the hump with the way that we the way that we manage games and, and the bucks were when Brady walks out the door, we're going to be done for a while. Like I'm, I hate to break it to you folks. I love my team, something fierce, but Brady walks out the door. We're not winning the super bowl the next year. Unless we, Kyle Trask. unless we man, you know, unless, tra- unless Trask turns into Brady 2.0, I, I just don't see it. <laughs> if they even want to play him. I, I mean, I think they will play him. All the guy's ever done is, is, is wait his entire career behind people. All he's ever done is wait. And every time he's, he's gone to play, he's been very, very good. So I have, no doubts that he will be our starter at some point in time, but he's it's really, really hard to win the Super Bowl unless you're Tom Brady. On so, this edition of the Lightning Rod, talking about the Lightning developing into the inevitable collapse of Tampa Bay sports. I'm just saying, <laughs> listen, folks, I nobody is a, is, is, a, is a bigger Tampa Bay sports fan in general than me, and I've you know, I'm over 40 years old and I've, I've sat through some really, really bad sports in my life. I've watched some really bad sports. So enjoying, enjoying this window, enjoy the hell out of it, folks, because let me tell you, success is fleeting. Success is fleeting. And and this window is only open for so long. Eventually teams have to rebuild. They just do. They just do. I mean, Talk to Montreal right now. They're about to go into their first rebuild in like forever, but eventually it's going to have to happen. It's going to have to happen because you can't guys get old. And if you don't have somebody right behind them, that's just as good. It's just not going to happen. You're just going to have to deal with some lean years. Yeah. The lightning's prospect pool is pretty dry. Exactly, and Stamkos said it himself. He's like, look, you don't care about these draft picks right now because we're not going to see them. You want to win right now. But don't get me wrong. The, the, the point is to enjoy, like, you will trade a few years of mediocrity for three cups in a row. Oh, fuck yeah. Absolutely. I mean, Washington is still happy with their one that they got. 
and they're about to go into a rebuild because their guys are a billion years old. So enjoy the hell out of this. Enjoy the fact that we have the greatest goalkeeper on the planet that's anchoring every game. Enjoy the fact that we have basically everybody under contract next year with the exception of Andre Palat and Nick Paul. And we very well, we very, uh, very well may keep Nick Paul if they can, if they can find some pennies in the couch. Palat, I love you to death, but he's going. It sucks. He's gone. He's gone. Unless unless he's like, I'll play for $5, he's gone. He's won two cups. I, I encourage him to go chase the bag as much as I'd love to keep him. Go get paid. Unless, get unless he seven, takes the, like the, 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 the hometown discount of all hometown discounts, then he's going to be gone. If he does do that, it's going to be for like a year, maybe two years, I could see, but... Uh, I, I encourage him to go get that bag. And folks, I encourage you to call our show and leave us a voicemail at 727-416-0613, like Dylan did last week. And uh, you can also email us at thelightningrod1 at protonmail.com. That's the number one. And you can uh, tweet at us, lightningrodpod. Check us out for a... a Instagram coming soon. And also we're probably going to have a better website coming soon as well. Take care of that myself at some point when I get off my ass and do it. But we, uh, we got to set like a listener threshold to start accomplishing these things. Let's, let's get to like 14 (laughs) and then we'll start doing the good stuff. Yeah. You guys have to make it happen. (laughs) This is like the worst telephone ever. (laughs) <laughs> one way uh, yeah you got uh you got any uh final thoughts there home skillet no i just want some more hockey damn it um <laughs> i guess um i don't know we'll, we'll probably we'll do another show before the next series is over this was just a strange circumstance so uh may, maybe pre-game maybe we'll see uh we'll, we'll we'll see who we're playing first and then we'll uh we'll go from there but for now i got i think i got everything out did you get everything out you needed to buddy yeah, we are over the one hour the mark, and uh, and I'm 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 wind up right now, so <laughs> it's time time to call it for uh, for Gannon. I am Johnny Pipes, and we'll catch you next week. Peace.